Welcome to the Relentless Grace Podcast. This church has left the building. Your host is Pastor Paula Mamel. Welcome to Relentless Grace, a podcast for people who are seeking an authentic, unbridled faith connection with Jesus that is relevant in the 21st century. Whether you have been bruised by organized religion and walked away, or are still engaged but looking for a way to deepen your spiritual journey, Relentless Grace is a podcast to connect with your spirit. Each week, I try to make connections between the timeless Word of God and the reality of our everyday lives through reflections on the Word and ways to implement your faith in your daily life. This show is seeking to provide a re-communion of seekers, doubters, stayers, and leavers with the power of the Holy Spirit outside the walls of a congregation. This church has left the building. On today's episode of Relentless Grace, we are drawing to an end of the Shepherd Psalm. As we look at the last part of the passage, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. And today we look at the phrase, My cup overflows. We're going to focus on what it means to see our cups as full and overflowing recognizing the limitations that happen when we cling to what we have with a mentality of scarcity, instead of viewing our life with an attitude of gratitude, when we can see what we have, not just materially, but spiritually and emotionally. And when we share that with others, we can truly live grateful lives that overflow with love. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. A reading from Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 20 through 21, the Living Bible Edition. Now glory be to God, who by God's mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. Glory to God in the church and in Jesus Christ through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from Luke chapter 6, verse 38, New Revised Standard Version. Give it, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. A reading from Second Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8. New Revised Standard Version The point is this, the one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. The ones who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not regretfully or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance, so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. I hate the concept of scalping. The idea that you would go and purchase a ticket for something, and then rather than use it for yourself, you end up selling it and making money, making a profit by not going. The whole concept behind scalping just creates a whole sense of scarcity. A limited number of people can get tickets to a show. 
And there are people who desperately want to go to that show, but they can't get to the show because someone else bought a ticket. And rather than the money going to the person who is producing the show, the person who's able to get the tickets grabs them and ends up making money for doing nothing but taking something from someone else that they want. This whole idea of scalping reached a whole new level during the most recent tour of Taylor Swift. This recent tour has finally gotten Congress to actually think about having legislation about Ticketmaster, the people who sell tickets and who have an incredible monopoly on it, because there was such an incredible demand for the shows that countless people were completely unable to go see it. And as a result, those people who got the tickets used it as an opportunity to make money to make incredible amounts of money by selling their own tickets. And I read several stories about how this whole idea of scalping actually created rifts in friendships because there were a group of friends who were all trying to get tickets and one of them got the tickets and then rather than sharing them with their friends, they decided that they would make money by selling the tickets. And so rather than having an experience that everyone could enjoy, one individual took advantage of their good luck, of their blessing, and kept everyone else from being able to relish and enjoy the experience. The whole concept behind scalping, this whole attitude of scarcity, reveals the exact opposite of what today's lesson is about. See, today's passage from Psalm 23 is, My cup overflows. The idea behind this is to have something in abundance, something of an incredible amount. And too often we live in a world where rather than experiencing that abundance, we want to approach things with an attitude of scarcity. And as a result, rather than sharing out of the joy and the bounty that we have, we find ourselves constrained. We find ourselves divided because we cling to what we have and want more, rather than celebrating what we have. The whole idea behind this passage and what it meant as this psalm shifts from being about sheep to about God being a host was about how God hosts us. In the time of David, who wrote Psalm 23, there were few inns or places for travelers to stay or secure food. The rules of hospitality of the day required that residents along the traveler's path provide food and drink for those who asked. At the end of the meal, the host would often pour a final glass of wine. If the host poured half a cup, it was a sign to the guest that the host's obligation of hospitality had been met, and it was time for the traveler to move on. As long as the cup was kept full, the guest knew that they were welcome. And if the host wanted to make an honored guest feel particularly welcome, they would fill the cup to overflowing, and wine would run over and down the sides of the goblet. David, the author of this psalm, understood that God had filled his cup to overflowing and was quick to acknowledge it. Sheep, who had green pastures, quiet waters, the presence of their shepherd, grazing lands that were well prepared, soothing and healing oil on their heads, 
would fall into the category of honor guests with overflowing cups. David understood that his cup was full to the brim. But this doesn't mean that David had had, by any stretch of the imagination, a perfect life. Even though we know of him as King David, this is not the boast of a spoiled youth. This is not the testimony of a trouble-free life. It is not the memoir of a peacetime king. David was a neglected shepherd boy in his father's house. David was a fugitive from the murderous ways of Saul, who wanted to kill him because David was going to become king. David was a father whose rebellious children broke his heart. David was a wartime king who faced one enemy after another. David was an exile whose own children sought to overthrow him. Yet David exclaims, My cup overflows. Rather than worrying about whether it was half full or half empty, rather than fearing that the cup could be lost or broken or stolen, David sees what is, what he has, and senses the abundance of all that he has, overflowing, overwhelming, incredible, and amazing. You might read this and think that it's about material blessings of food, shelter, and money. And while the psalm does use an image of an overflowing cup of wine, this does not necessarily mean that David is talking about material goods. In this context, David is describing his blessed state while his enemies are surrounding him. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. David was no stranger to harsh conditions. He had hidden in caves. He lived in fear of his enemies overtaking him. But his blessed state was because God was present and provided for him, both physically and spiritually, amid hardships. Even in the presence of enemies, hardship, or death, he found comfort in the fact that his cup runneth over because of God's abundant provision and presence. This text doesn't say that material goods will be poured out in one's life or that nothing bad will ever happen, but rather that Christians can live a joyful life through the gift of salvation in Jesus Christ and the overwhelming blessing of the Holy Spirit. Throughout the Bible, God has been shown to generously provide for God's followers. You can truly experience a life where your cup overflows. See, God isn't withholding when we visit God. Is it leaving us half empty or even just a little bit full? God fills our cup and lets it overflow and gives us all that we have. When we live in a world where we have that kind of scalping focus, what can I get out of it? What's in it for me? Then we find ourselves lacking. Even if we have more money, we've often lost the sense of community and love that can come from it. I think of people who had an opportunity to share an incredible, amazing experience with their friends, but rather than do that, they chose to just get more money, to use someone else's work for their gain, because they were fortunate enough to be able to get the ticket so that they wouldn't use it, but could sell it. In this instance, 
David is using the expression, my cup overflows, to help us understand the abounding and overflowing nature of God's presence, provision, protection, and power. God's blessing upon David wasn't just for his life, but it was designated to spill over so that he could use it to bless others. Blessed to be a blessing. That is the same with you. God's channel of blessing is not so that you can hoard it and keep it to yourself, or like the example of scalping, use it to benefit just you. God provides, and the overflow of God's provision is designed to be poured out to others. It is also a reminder that God's supply will never run dry. God has more than enough to help you regardless of your situation. God's presence has no boundaries. God's provision has no expiration. God's protection can't be penetrated. God's power has no equal. We have a choice in our life as to what we are going to see. Are we going to see what isn't, to hold on, to try to get for ourselves, or are we going to experience the abundance that God has provided and then use our blessings to be a blessing. God is able to bless you in superabundance. That passage from Ephesians is true, that God, who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish far more than all we can ask or imagine, who provides for us, pressed down, overflowing, running over. That is what God has given us through the Holy Spirit, through the gifts of God. But too often, we hold on to what we have. We think about ourselves only rather than the community that we can create. As we think about our cup overflowing, and in the community connection, I'm going to talk specifically about how we can address that idea, how we can look at what God has given us and share it with others. As we contemplate that, we need to decide whether we are going to have an attitude of scarcity or an attitude of abundance. The attitude of scarcity is one that grabs for ourselves, holds on, and seeks to benefit ourselves, leaving us lonelier and emptier and sadder. An attitude of abundance sees what we have and uses it to create community. I think about those Taylor Swift tickets. The people whose pictures I saw who were filled with incredible joy as they celebrated with friends and opportunity. I think about people who shared them with other people, who didn't use it as an opportunity to get more for themselves, but rather to create experiences or memories. In our lives, too, we have been given a gift. We've won the lottery, so to speak. And it's better than tickets to the Eras Tour. It's better than anything we could ever ask or imagine because it's an opportunity to be part of the reign of God to see what we have and find ourselves lighter and happier as a result, not with a Pollyanna view, but with an awareness of what God has done. So see what God has given you. Rejoice and know that at the end of the day, when we are granted hospitality from God, God does not withhold. God does not leave the cup half full. When we trust in God, when we lean into God, when we see God in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death, when we know God's protection during times of trial, not that bad things don't happen, but that God is present in the midst of them, then we can see the blessings that we have. 
and we can be blessed to be a blessing for others, sharing out of the abundance that God has given us. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious Today, for our community connection, I encourage you to engage in a practice of gratitude. Gratitude that allows you to reflect and think about what you have been given. Every year, there are these incredible days of giving that organizations have, and people share stories of how they felt and received the gifts of others. And one of the things I've noticed are people who are grateful, even in the midst of really horrible situations. Stories of people who have lost loved ones, but were still able to see in the midst of the trauma and the difficulty, others who helped them. Sincere gratitude expressing even in the midst of heartache and sorrow, an awareness of the presence of others. When we live with an attitude and a heart that is oriented toward thankfulness and gratitude, we find that we do see the world as half full, or, more to the point with this text, overflowing, because we are aware of God's presence in the midst of it. I know in my own life during difficult times, when I see others who help me, that brings my heart up. When I'm able to find places of thanks, rather than feeling sorry for myself and throwing a pity party, I am more joy-filled. And I know some of the most miserable people I know are people who see what they don't have, what's missing, what's not there. And they hold on with resentment and anger because they didn't get what they wanted. But when we see what God has given us, when we practice that attitude of gratitude, that allows us to really celebrate and then experience our blessings by being a blessing to others. 
Gratitude is more than mumbling thank you when a gift is received. And gratefulness shouldn't be limited to naming aloud the things that we're thankful for when a feast is spread out before us. Rather, gratitude is the mindset that acknowledges that we cannot change the circumstances of our lives, but we can find goodness and grace in each day. In our worst moments or our most challenging situations, a grateful heart is one that can see the entirety of our lives as a gift. As author and rabbi Harold Kushner, who wrote the book When Bad Things Happen to Good People, about his own son's death, as he puts it, for those who have cultivated the habit of gratitude, no matter how large a bowl we set out to receive God's blessing, it will always overflow. So I invite you to cultivate that attitude of gratitude, but to take it one step further, to figure out how you are going to be blessed to be a blessing, how you are going to bless others through what you have. And it doesn't have to be monetary. It can be. There's a place for that, because when we hold on and clutch onto things, we do end up finding our lives are limited and restrained. But beyond that, How can you help others because you have been blessed? What can you do to help others and show your gratitude? To practice that in your life. The opposite of scalping, taking what you can get and grabbing on for as much as you can, is the practice of seeing what you have and how you can share it. If you have time, if you have nurturance and the ability to support a person going through a difficult time, if it's a listening ear, and yes, if it is monetary for people in need, if it's monetary to support something you care about, those are ways that you can be blessed to be a blessing by sharing beyond yourself. And what happens when that goes on in our lives is that we understand what it is to be overflowing with grace and love. As you do that, reread Psalm 23. In days of green pastures or still waters, and through the times of the darkest valleys, look for God's goodness. Find God's presence. Recognize how you can share it to build up community. Not hoard it for yourself, but to see how you can use what you have so that your life can be a reflection of one whose cup overflows. Amen. As always, thank you for joining me today for this episode of Relentless Grace. If you have not subscribed, I encourage you to do so on whatever podcast platform you use, and if you are able to review the show and share it with others. That is the best way to get the word out and to let others know if this is a meaningful podcast for you. If you wish to support this ministry, you may do so by connecting on the link in the show notes to Patreon, which provides support for artists and podcast creators as we do the work of podcasting. Also, you may Venmo me at PVMamel. This is a way to allow this ministry to continue to grow and provide support in the process of making it. I wish to thank those who have helped with today's episode. Dan McKnight, who introduced it, Aidan Dixon, who is the reader today, 
Aiden is a middle schooler for whom I had the honor of being a pastor when he was just a little boy. And his sister read a couple of weeks ago, and he wanted to read as well, and I was absolutely thrilled. Thanks to his mother, Kylie, for helping to facilitate that. Also, Cami Wenberg, who continues to astound me as I send her music and she turns it around immediately. And I'm especially glad that her eight-year-old grandson is playing the shaker in the background of this song today. What a great multi-generational way to share the joy of the Lord. And also Ruth Skinner, who does our closing song. It's really exciting to see different people become involved and help with the podcast. If you are interested in being a reader, or if you'd like to contribute by singing, please let me know. I'm always looking for individuals to help. And finally, I leave you with a blessing. For you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song, and all of the trees of the field shall clap their hands. This week, may you experience the overflowing blessing of God being present and pouring your cup out. And may you share that blessing with others. You shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth before you. There'll be shouts of joy and all the trees of the field will clap will clap their hands and all the trees of the field will clap their hands the trees of the field will clap their hands the trees of the field will clap their hands as you go out with joy